0: The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Catch a creative vibe on the Urban Cube with Sister Shamiza. Good morning and assalamu alaikum. It is uh, Monday 15th of July and the time is 10 o'clock exactly. You're listening to Shamiza taking all the way up to 12 o'clock on the Urban Cube show brought to you where else? On Inspire FM of course. Beaming out to the wonderful people across Luton, Stranding areas, Peterborough and Sheffield this morning. Massive big slams to you wonderful people. Have you recovered from the weekend guys? My goodness. It's been a tremendous weekend for sports or what? My goodness, Um, I'm still recovering from England bringing the World Cup home. How, how magnificent is that? Awesome, awesome. And what makes it even more special was the fact that the team is so multi-diverse, you know, so inspiring, so inspiring. mashallah. If you watch the match, um, do do share with me your thoughts. Um, uh, what was the experience like for you knowing that England was uh, England has brought the World Cup home? Now, Bury Park was, was quite loud, quite loud last night um, in the uh, afternoon uh, with the celebrations uh, in and around the town. Was very interesting to hear um, and also see on social media. But the, in England wasn't the only winners. Uh, they brought the World Cup. There was gr- a tremendous, tremendous wins in boxing um, and also Formula One as well. So Britain is doing great, doing great internationally with the sports and stuff, sports and stuff. <laughs> Oh gosh, it rhymed. Um, so I am, as always, uh, looking forward to having a conversation with some awesome creatives on the show this morning. You can catch the conversations not just across the airwave, but also on Facebook Live. Facebook Live is o- open and ready uh, with uh, oh, on the comment section. So please do join in with the conversations today. Now the conversations on the show today are obviously creatively sup- inspired. And um, I hope they will motivate you uh, with the journeys that my awesome guests are going to be sharing with you this morning. Now we're also going to be uh, asking the question regarding National Youth Skills Day. Yes, is today is National Youth Skills Day. Now the whole purpose of this day is to kind of encourage young people. And industries to kind of think about how to upskill young people. Now, it's super, super important that young people are upskilled um, whilst they're studying because, um, interestingly, research has suggested that um, three out of five young people don't have the right type of skills or not upskilled enough when they enter employment in comparison to adults so the question I would like to ask you guys this morning if you could uh, if you could talk to your younger self if you were able to go back a good 10 15 or 20 years what sort of skills would you would you suggest to yourself to do and um, if you're a young person what type of skills do you feel that you need? Um, to kind of improve your mark in the world of employment. So that's the question this morning, guys. If you could ask your younger self, how could you improve um, upskilling, really? What would you do? What advice would you give yourself to upskill? Because it's national upskill day for young people today. Now, the show you're listening to, folks, is The Urban Cube, and to get in contact with us, as always, it's 07779481822. 481822 Back to the show, guys. It is four minutes past ten, and I'm not alone in the studio, because if you're on Facebook Live, you'll get to see who's in the studio with me. I have an amazing local sister in the studio who's super, super inspiring. I'm absolutely delighted to invite no other than the very fabulous Hasna Mumin in the studio who is a professional makeup artist and hairstylist who's going to be talking to me about some really interesting seasonal looks. So we'll be catching up with her very, very shortly. Now, apart from um, Hasna, I'm also joined by two other for awesome guests all the way from London and over the phone. I'm going to be talking to no other than Jamila L, who at the age of 18 has already made her spoken word career and mark in some of the um, renowned uh, theatre spaces across London. And she's going she's gonna to be sharing some live poetry reading with me this morning, as well as talking about a new poetry platform that she's actually created specifically for women. She started poetry at the age of 12 and now at the age of 18, still a mere 18, she is making her mark in some of the most outstanding spaces. For example, Hackney Theatre, she's performed at Gnome House, um, Stratford Theatre and The Word. Wow, how awesome is that? She's not the only remarkable woman on the show this morning. I'm also joined by no other than the visual artist, renowned visual artist, sculptor and art activist Shaida Ahmed to talk to me about Full Circle, her exhibition that she launched in Lahore. She's a British artist that launched her exhibition in Lahore. How exciting is that? Lahore seems to be the place to be. But right now, folks, we're in Luton and I'm not alone. I'm joined by no other than Hasna. Assalamu Alaikum Hasna. As-salamu
1: alaykum, It's a pleasure to be on the show. So thank you for having me. I'm really,
0: really excited. Pleasure. Yeah. And I'm super excited to have you because <laughs> I've been you. following your work for ages and you're an artist uh, yourself, um, but makeup artistry. And, um, yes. and today, this show is a celebration of the Creative Journeys from poetry to visual arts to makeup artistry. Every girl needs to know these it skills, is. right? <laughs>
1: it's, a, it's a work of art. I mean, whether it's painting, whether it's makeup, it's all work of art. And how did your journey begin? Um, well, my journey began, like, to be honest, it was like um, I was into managerial mm-hmm. before and then I had my second child. So I took a back gap. Um, she was born with, like, various neuromuscular disorders. So she was right. in and out of hospital. Mm-hmm. Six months she was in hospital. So... And then throughout the two years, she had a tube in her airways. She had an NG tube as well. So, I mean, they offered me, um, the company offered me managerial position. Mm -hmm. They said, the job is yours. Mm -hmm. We're not going to take the interview. But I said, no, I need to extend my maternity leave. Right. Um, Because obviously my daughter, she needs like full care. It's Mm -hmm. not just like a few hours, 24 hours, because she wasn't really like um, breathing on her own. She Mm -hmm. needed the tube to breathe. So she had no voice. So when she was crying, we couldn't tell. It was just expression. She had no sound whatsoever. So even to go to the loo, my husband was working in the evening as well. So even to go to the bathroom, I had to take her in a bouncer. My oldest was like four and a half, five years. So even take the bouncer by the Mm -hmm. bathroom because Mm -hmm. if the tube got blocked, she could just stop breathing. So you had to be with her 24 hours a day. I mean, I did have carers. Initially, I should have had seven days, nights care. But because of funding and everything, I only ended up with three nights. That wasn't enough because then it was catching up. And even though it was me and my husband, mm-hmm. it was really, really tough. But financially, obviously, where I had to give up work as well. We mm-hmm. moved into a new house. Both of us couldn't, like, give up work. We had our family business, but, you know, with the rent and everything, it was, you couldn't, someone, one of us has to be working. Um, yeah, so that was my sort of journey. I kind of took a break. It was just being the mother to my two children, one with severe complex Medical condition. But I think it was from that I was like, because I was at home all the time, it was like I was just watching, like, I was really into like QVC, like the makeup <laughs> shows and everything. I've always been passionate about makeup from the age of sort of 13. But I can't imagine going home and telling my dad or mom, like, I want to be a makeup artist. Like, what? It was all about being a doctor, a lawyer, mm. teacher. And I know I wanted to be a teacher, but then something kind of, you know, didn't go ahead with that. Um, so, I never took it seriously but even in during the high school college time the flicked black liner it it was just basically the liner and the lipstick then Mm -hmm. in the 90s it wasn't all about contouring or the blushes or anything so it was a flicked black liner so i used to get compliments on that a lot like oh would you show me how to do it from friends and everything my bag did have a little makeup kit and everything so i would show my friends and i would do makeup for them and everything Um, my best friend, she got married sort of at quite an early age, 20. So with my little makeup kit and bag, just my own personal makeup, she's like, would you mind doing my makeup? And I'd done her makeup for her for her wedding. It wasn't a massive wedding, like a family and friends. And then I had people saying, oh, can you do my makeup for the wedding? So it started off just just
0: by accident?
1: Well, at that time, I didn't take it seriously. That was in my 20s. Um, I didn't take it seriously at all. I was into retail Mm -hmm. uh, management and everything, but... I never took it serious. I never thought I would go down that route. So it was until sort of I had my second child and I was at home. I was experimenting with makeup because that's all I had mm, like mm. to be at home. Like I couldn't have friends and family there because she was prone to infection. So right, wow. even if they were sneezing, coughing, they weren't allowed in the house. Literally, we were literally washing our hands all the time. If anyone came in, they had to wash their hands. They couldn't go near that's her because a tremendous... she would just pick up every single bug. The house had to be
0: spotless mm. all the time. Um, and still, is that why you said your hands seem yeah, quite burned because you, because I you kept, the hot water yeah, um, that you're using I, I, all the time, I always use warm
1: water mm. well, not even warm, hot water to do the washing. I'm trying to cut down, but it's like you can see my hands are like different color to my face and um mm. body. But yeah, so that was really tough. And I started like experimenting with different looks, I started ordering makeup. Mm-hmm. I think it was a sign of depression as well, because I was just constantly shopping. Makeup, right. makeup, makeup. Mm-hmm. But it's not a bad thing, because I started experimenting. Mm. and that's So I you're thought, using those products. Yeah, just on myself, different yeah. looks. Yeah. I was using it with my friends, families, my nieces, sisters. I was just creating different looks. And it wasn't until my early 30s, that's when I said, no, actually, you know, maybe I should mm. start that off as a career. Mm. And it's something I'm so passionate about, something that comes naturally. But... Um, I don't want to be, like, just start it off, like, um, trained by myself and all that. I thought, no, I need someone to train me just to get the bridal look and mm. the trends of the bridal looks and party. And in general, just to have someone that's um, going to train me, professional makeup artists. Um Then I trained with Lubna Rafiq, and that's when it started. Because she was like, she's the queen of she makeup artistry I mean, back I in the searched day. for months and months and months, wow. and every time I just kept going back to her. I thought, right. No,
0: but now there's a wealth of people he, out there is, who've actually used this, um, the, these skills, and a lot of it's a lot of mums at home who've actually yeah, really, really yeah. taken on board this and using that to balance like motherhood yeah. and working it's, life as we well. Have some amazing artists, mm. and you know every. One of us have our
1: own touch Mm -hmm. you may get trained with various people. And I think it's such a good thing not to actually stop
0: learning. You should always
1: get yourself trained.
0: Because the looks always change because what they had in the 90s to what we have now in 2019. Very, very different. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, in the 90s, how we done our makeup, it wasn't all, you know, foundation. It wasn't about... To be honest it wasn't like the blusher the contouring the highlighting none of that. of that no none of that none I of that i remember, remember doing
0: my own wedding yeah. makeup yeah. i didn't hire anyone and you know I look at the pictures and it's like <laughs> i've got my eyelashes <laughs> falling down yeah. my eyebrows not filled in yeah <laughs> the yeah. lip liner's is all crooked but hey you know that's um, how it was yeah, that's how it was and, how it and um, but now you have to take out a little mini mortgage to pay for the makeup artist why are they so expensive
1: Good question. But the thing is, Shemaiza, you've got to think that how we invest in our kit, mm-hmm. we have like selection from dark skin to light skin, mm-hmm. foundation concealers. Mm-hmm. Then we have the eyeshadows, the blushes, the contouring items. We have the skincare. I mean, that is such a must. I mean, we don't just go in. Each artist is mm-hmm. different, as I said, but his skincare is so important. So it's about toning, moisturizing, making sure the skin
0: is all primed. Prepared. It's called priming, isn't yeah. it? And so that priming like, is basically making sure the surface of the skin is cl- so
1: flat. It's not literally a two minute job to okay. the skin, oh. prep the skin, prep the skin. So it's exfoliating, moisturizing, just getting the skin. That mm-hmm. takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Then you layer on the makeup. So, um, and then we've got insurance, we've got the traveling cost. We've got so there's the, insurance. What's the insurance, insurance for? It's for your kit. Ah, oh. stolen insurance for client insurance as well. So you know, if something was to happen to a cl- client's skin and all that, they fully insured. So it's it as a well. proper professional it's job a professional, then. I mean, mm. you know, I'm um, probably everyone hasn't got insurance. I don't know, but it, it's it's it's. I think it's a must to mm-hmm. be ex- safe in ex- in all the areas right. and everything. And it's just the travelling as well, because even to do a bride, for example, if a bride was in London, I mean, it's your whole day. Okay. Because mm. you and it's not just on the day, you're having a consultation, you're liaising with the bride throughout the time, your um, her outfits, her photographer, you're talking with the photographers, the videographer, where they're gonna be. So it depends how you how far you so it's to a take big, it. As it's actually well. quite a long, lengthy process. I think, I think the makeup artists don't get the credit that okay. they should because they are it is um about how the bride's gonna look or mm. the bridesmaids mm. or even party events. Mm. Um it is all about your hair and makeup and how you present yourself. Because she wants and to be
0: beautiful she, on yeah. the most special day and it's of not, her life. Yeah,
1: you listen to the client, mm. you give your own advice, and then you work together. Do you ever feel
0: nervous? That oh my gosh, what if I get it wrong? Um,
1: at first, um, at first you do, but I think once you're like in the flow and confident mm-hmm. with your work and how much you're charging, because. If you're a new makeup artist obviously you're not going to be charging like a okay. grand because that's just not making sense. Is that you how much
0: to, they charge? Up that to was a grander. Okay.
1: Some, I bet yeah, they do. That's a I mean um I heard they do <laughs> experiences wow. so it's different charges. Uh uh-huh. um, it all depends on what you believe in yourself mm, and mm. you know how much so are you able to charge that much? Okay. So you have to question yourself. If you're doing, mm. you know, if you're kind of doing the same looks in, out, in, mm-hmm. you know, the same hairstyles and everything, are you learning? Are you but learning what makes technique? each
0: makeup artist unique from the other? Because all the brides, to me, look exactly the same. They have the same um, attention to detail to the eyes, They're going for the same shade of lipstick. They're going for the similar, because like, tone the of skin colour.
1: quite traditional because okay. we have our sort of red, maroon. Mm. I mean, there are some brides that are going and, wearing different colours now over the last sort of I'm seeing a lot of of silver and grey and white I've seen like black oh I've seen um, yeah I've seen a black as well and it actually looks really nice Mm -hmm. Um, but I have seen like purples
0: and deep pinks and navy blues so so is that the season look for this summer do you think are people going for whatever they feel like
1: whatever there's no like it's not um, compulsory that you have mm-hmm. to go for red, even though I do love red. Mm-hmm. Uh, but actually, my sister was just telling me a while ago: um, Islamically, the bridal colour is white. Right. I
0: never knew that. Oh, okay. Because we've all just thought
1: like red. Like- I suppose
0: red may come back to sort of pre-partition and India yeah, and Hinduism. But- that culture, yeah, that we've influence. never really
1: sort of worn
0: white. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, it's always been sort of red, maroon, traditionally. Right. right. But that's actually traditional
0: uh-huh. culture. I think white way. is nice on a Nikah. I think it's nikah, quite yeah, angelic. Some do.
1: Nikah in registry, they uh-huh. do. But actually, um, yeah, I'm not sure if it's Sunnah or but she said that it's, I was just shocked to hear it. I don't know I, I, if anybody know knows that.
0: why don't you get in touch with us on um, on 81822 now Hasna is in the studio with me this morning she is a professional makeup artist we've had the pleasure of listening to her share her journey how as somebody who was in a managerial position had to kind of take a step back and prioritise her children bless her she has, she's a mother of a child with me- a medical condition mashallah you know I'm so inspired by you Hasna I don't know how you've been able to Balanced, thou you know, balance looking after your daughter in such difficult circumstances but also looking so radiant and oh, and so relaxed you. and um <laughs> and giving so much to the community because you're also a community activist you're very passionate about not just sharing your love for your professional interest in makeup artistry and hair styling but also you're part of like the Women Connecting Women um, organisation as well which I'm sure you guys have heard me mention literally every okay. session, every radio show but I think it's really important to bring the women from this organisation and share their stories with us which are so remarkably different so remarkably Definitely. different, mashallah and we're going to be finding out a little bit why it's important to have women from so many different backgrounds coming together with this organisation Organization. Guys, today's topic is about national youth upskilling. It's actually um, a, a celebration today of encouraging employers and young people to kind of upskill. Um, and I want to ask you guys, if you had to ask your younger self on how you would have maybe sort of uh, organised yourself a little bit better, maybe made yourself a little bit more employable, what would you have done? What would you have wished you have had done maybe 10, 15 or 20 years ago? Um, contact us on 7779 Now, also, if you've got any advice or tips from, uh, that you want to find out from Hasna, I'm sure she's willing to answer them. Um, Hasna, I want to ask you, my dear, um, Upskilling. If you had to ask yourself or speak to your younger self, you had the opportunity to do, what would you have, have said to yourself? I would definitely
1: say follow your passion. No question asked. It doesn't matter what it is. I mean, I like when I was doing my GCSEs and then going to college and all that, it was still the stigma was still there, like approval of your family, mm-hmm. your relatives, it was just like Which doctors, st- yeah, you still know, is. lawyers. Mm-hmm. It still is there, but I think it was right worse. Um, so I, I never took it seriously. I never thought like, you know, I could be a makeup artist or a hairstylist because mm-hmm. it wasn't just a serious career. It wasn't a career at all. Right. It was just something that you like doing as mm-hmm. every female likes to do. So that is definitely, I would suggest to all the youngsters out there, whatever your passion is, don't be afraid to go and talk to your parents. Mm-hmm. I mean... Parents, um, they might not come around the first time because they may still have like, okay, "I want my son or daughter to be a doctor, lawyer, mm-hmm. engineer." But talk to them, mm-hmm. tell them how you feel, tell them what makes you happy. I mean, my daughter, she's um, she wants to be a designer, but then she wants to be a lawyer. Okay, so that's two completely different.
0: But she could be working in an industry balancing both. Yeah, because... so
1: that's what I said. You mm. could, if you want, to, you could do the law, but then you can have your designing mm. career as well at the same time. But you have to, so she was really confused. She's like, no, mum, then at uni, maybe I'll have to start off with arts again, arts and design, and then work my way up. And I said, that's fine, whatever you want to do. But because she's been confused, so that's another tip. I told her, like, I gave her like 90 seconds, actually put a timer on your phone. 90 seconds, write down everything you're passionate about. Oh, wow, In 90 seconds? 90 seconds. Why did you give 90 seconds? 90 seconds is actually your... Conscious mind okay. is aware uh-huh. that ninety seconds. Then after the ninety seconds, your subconscious mind starts criticizing. Ooh. So, for example, it's very critical your subconscious mind because your conscious mind is just the tip of the iceberg, and the rest is all your subconscious mind—the critical side. You're not good enough. You're not going to be able to do that. Are you crazy to be a designer, makeup artist? No one's going to take you serious. It's all the critical thinking. So, within that ninety seconds, whatever you're passionate about, whatever you want to. Um, inspire people. What you love doing, you just write everything down. What makes you happy. And one thing I've said um, to her is, write down as well what you want to do for the community mm-hmm. because it's not always about you. It's
0: about the community. Oh, someone has told
1: me that when I was like wow, a but
0: now you're telling that you're sharing that experience yeah. with your daughter, which is such a beautiful thing to do. Because one of the greatest thing that I've come across whilst doing this show is the fact that number of young people have said that their mothers are their role model. Yeah. Rather is, than a professional yeah. person, but it's their mothers yeah. um, and following their journey. That's and it's amazing. It's so beautiful because,
1: you know, my daughter, someone asked her that, who's your um, inspiration and all that. But I expected her to say, you know, mm-hmm. some celebrity or some mm-hmm. actor she's following or whatever. But she's like, no, my mom. she's my biggest inspiration. mashaallah um, She inspires me to do everything. She supports me in everything. My dad, but obviously dad's not always around. Right.
0: Um, but mum.
1: And I was like, oh, so teary. it's so serious. That's you. a beautiful thing to say. And it
0: sure is. And, you know, this is so wonderful. I can see why she considers you a role model because you, considering how you have to balance your life, you still take time out for your daughter because it's very difficult to kind of be able to give an able-bodied child enough attention when you've also got a child that has difficulties as well.
1: She's got... Um Recently, over the last sort of three years, she's been diagnosed with epilepsy as well. So I've got okay. two. Wow. Um, so it's been really hard. Um It was during her GCSEs time as well. She kept having seizures sort of every three to six weeks. Um, I mean, I openly talk about that mm-hmm. because I think it is so, so important. Of course it Not is. to hide it. Yes. To help one another. I mean... Mm other parents as well i'm part of an epilepsy group as well so we help each other how to Mm -hmm. overcome like how to speak to the teachers how to have meetings the gps the surgery um repeat prescription how we can help and support like the parents that are going through that i mean um my friends family they don't understand to a certain extent Mm -hmm. but when you're Mm -hmm. physically going through the same Mm -hmm. thing you Mm -hmm. kind of relate to it more of course um it's more understanding they it's more relatable So that's another group that I'm really passionate about. Like we have that every month. Um, So that was really hard because she was having a GCSEs. It was high expectation, Mm. you know, for herself Mm. because it was A stars and A. Oh wow! uh, Her expected grade. So she she took triple science, but then and then she, she took PE as an extra. And you know, I, I didn't push her, I sort of encouraged her to do the triple science because she was capable mm-hmm. and then she was doing really mm-hmm. well and everything. But when the seizure started, I said, You have to drop down on like one of the science or PE. But because PE is really science based as well, mm-hmm. she said she's come so far, so she doesn't want to leave PE, so it was science. She's like, Mom, can I just, you know, push myself and all that? I said, No, because then if you're gonna keep having seizures, you might not you might do much better with to double science relaxing triple. a little bit and more then, as well and then you know um, at that time I did get a private tuition for like mm-hmm. a few months and everything because she missed school a lot it was like two weeks, three weeks during her exam time and all that so that was really tough so her when the results came her you know, she came home with the results and she didn't look too happy and all that, but it was all A's and B's and C's. I think And she passed. C. She passed all of them. She, and she got six, into A levels A's. Mashallah. Uh, she was <laughs> Not having one. seizures. So she's like, Mum, I wanted A's. I said, Don't you dare say that. I'm so happy. And she's like, Are you really happy? So I'm like, Am I really happy? <laughs> Do you know what? If you failed some of them, I would be still so happy. Your because your daughter's
0: health was her pri- yeah, your priority. It was, and she was Mashallah. having bl- um she was having black blanks oh goodness me I was
1: well even in the exam she said I just couldn't think wow. and but then I had all that sorted in school as well examination had meeting with the um, teachers examination the one that deals with examination and everything so it was like um, have everything set
0: mm-hmm. wow How remarkable, yeah, um, and it's just so wonderful to hear that she'd achieved the results, Moshala, she's doing her A-levels now. Now, we'll find out after the break what A-levels that she's doing. I'm still joined by the very wonderful Hasna um, in the show this morning. She has a background in social sciences, a passion for psychology, and we're going to be finding out a little bit more about um, her interest in well-being as well and mindfulness. Folks, um, this is the Urban Cube, it is at 10.25, we're heading off to a break after the break also joined by the very notable visual artist, sculptor, and art activist Shahida Ahmed, who is talking to us about art as a universal language with the opening of her very, very visually stimulating full circle um, exhibition in Lahore. Now, folks, do stay with me and join in with all the creative conversations on the Urban Cube. Assalamu alaikum.
2: Assalamu alaikum. This is Artif Nawaz, and you're listening to an Inspire FM
0: podcast. a creative vibe on the Urban Cube with Sister Shemaisa as alaykum and good morning. It's 10.30 Monday, 15th of July and you're joined with me, Shamiza, taking you all the way up to 12 o'clock this morning. Now, as always, uh, the Urban Cube is celebrating creative journeys with local and national artists on the show. We're going live and direct on the Facebook page so you get to see one of our fabulous guests in the studio this morning. Uh, it's no other than Hasna Mumin who is a uh, fantastically inspiring sister who not only manages motherhood but also um, is a creative professional herself Um, and it's been an absolute pleasure having you joining me this morning Hasna and thank you for sharing your amazing story of um, just the tests the tests that you've had as a mother but you've not allowed that to kind of you know stop you from nurturing the children and also developing your career as well which start is is all started from home, even mm-hmm. your open university course that you did.
1: Yes, yes. Because um, at that time, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, it was really hard for me to get out um, with Ramisa. So it was like, you know, I'm with her at home, but what can I do that I can do from home? Mm-hmm. That time it was, and I was in a makeup artist, um, it was before the makeup artist. So I thought, okay, I want to work with like children that have special needs. But more than their needs, I wanted to understand how they're feeling because I knew my daughter was going to be um, growing up as well. I didn't know whether she was going to have a voice, whether she was going to be able to speak. Um, So it's like I wanted to know the psychology behind children Mm -hmm. with special needs, how they think, how they feel. So it was um, child psychology I wanted to do. But Open University, they said that you can combine social science and psychology that would give you... An understanding mm-hmm. of psychology, said, but it's not child psychology. So I thought that's the way forward because there was diplomas for child psychology, um, but that wasn't enough to kind of get in the field. Um, so yeah, I started off with social science, combined psychology which I found fascinating, Um, I had lectures that was in St. Albans every month, I think, Um, so I did used to attend that, and then we had like assignments to do and everything, so I think I did get up to the first year, it was tough having Ramisa and then having a (coughs) five-year-old, and trying to tackle Mm -hmm. home life, I'm a wife as well, so don't forget the husband, (laughs) and um it it was really tough, but that was kind of for myself. So that was keeping me going. I mean, I did have um, my family and everything. They were saying, you're putting yourself under too much pressure and everything. Don't, you're probably overdoing it. But that was something that I had to do for myself as well. And it was from college. I didn't go to university. So that was like, you know, a positive thing for me. Mm-hmm. Like I could go back into study. It doesn't matter what your age is. You can go and get yourself a degree. And psychology degree was something that I wanted um but then it did get too much because Ramisa's medical condition she wasn't able to breathe on her own so the tube came out but then she wasn't doing well um she had to go back and forth we had a CPAP which is like basically air that they Mm. um that she helps to it helps her to breathe so we were in and out of the hospital with that she wasn't getting on with that and then my father passed away while I had my so sorry to hear that so that was like That was seven years ago. It's going to be eight years in September. I don't like to really keep count, but Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. kind of, because I still like to think that he's with me all the time. Um, But seven years is a long time, but it just feels like the other day because I still, you know, see Mm -hmm. him around and feel his presence. Um, And then I just couldn't take it. It was just too much. My um, assignment was due. I asked for extension. I think I got two weeks extension or three weeks, but I still wasn't able to because your mind's just not ready to do any of that Mm. um and you should allow yourself to step back and I I didn't allow myself I wasn't allowing myself to step back because I was like okay I can do it I can do it it's just a bit of my assignment you know because I think I was in denial that dad had passed away and I wanted to keep myself busy and I wasn't going through the mourning process Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to accept that he's not with us no more because he was in my house when he had the stroke and he was spent the whole evening with me. My mum, my brother, my dad was there. It was my husband's day off as well. So we all spent that time together. And that day I can remember, inten- unintentionally, I ended up cooking his favourite curries and he had his last meal. And he complimented on every single dish. And he's like, you know, you're a better cook than your mom, Just to tease mom. And mom's like, yeah, she's my daughter. You know, I taught her. And he's like, no, I taught her as well. Because my Aww. dad was always the type, of, you know, ever since we were growing up, I always saw him help my mom. He mm-hmm. wasn't never like, I'm not going to hoover, I'm not going to you know, cook, you know, mum would be in the sitting room resting while dad would be cooking and it was fine. So I've been brought up like that to see men working as well. Mm, My dad mm. done it all the time. He would be gardening, he would be cooking, he would be cleaning, he would be doing everything. Um, So that was a huge compliment from him. So I think, yeah, because everything happened in my house, he had his major stroke and then they went to the hospital and he just didn't recover from that. That was his third stroke. So I think I was still in denial and I just wanted to carry on and that's when I just broke down. I just thought I couldn't get on. I told my tutor I can't carry on because it's too much. It's like, you know, you've got a child with special needs, your dad passed away, you're in and out of hospital. You're doing brilliant and the marks you're getting are really, really good. So um, just take some time out and you can always come back to your studies. Mm, mm. Um, And then when, you know, months turned into years... And I kind of lost, not interest, I just thought, okay, I'll carry on, I'll carry on. But then then the makeup thing came in and I just pursued that further. And I
0: suppose the makeup artistry was a means for maybe therapy for you, possibly. It was,
1: it was, because that time my social worker, she was very involved with Ramisa's care as well. So, you know, she's seen me several times and i can remember one day she came in she's like you're looking really well and i had got my new kit put on my makeup and i was glowing and i said i feel great today she's like Mm -hmm. i could tell you know i said it's just the makeup itself it just lifted me up and i thought wow imagine if i could do that for like other women out there um you know just with makeup to Mm -hmm. lift their spirit up if i feel like that there must be other women out there that Would feel like that if if they're feeling low, they're feeling depressed, stressed. Just imagine giving them a makeover and helping them get their confidence back. Because if that could do it for me, I'm sure there's ladies out there that would feel
0: like this. We're going to be catching up with your remarkable journey very, very shortly, Hasna. Thank you so much for sharing this beautiful story with us, which is so inspiring. And and makeup seems to be a universal language for many women. And, And I'm going to be speaking to somebody else who's using art as a means of a universal language. And she's using her passion, her conviction and her Her view of the world and reflecting it on the canvas, I'm talking about no other than the absolutely super talented Shahida Ahmed, who is a visual artist, sculptor and and an art activist and educator Um, and uh, her work is not just based in the UK but it's also in the Middle East. Um, She's exhibited all over the world. Qatar is one place that you can actually find her work. She's travelled all the way to Lahore um, to actually present a really beautiful exhibition called Full Circle. Um, This was her first solo exhibition in Lahore and I've had the pleasure of observing the footage of this exhibition and it's just utterly beautiful um I have great pleasure in uh, welcoming Shahida who is over the phone across london this morning on the urban cube this morning assalam Alaikum assalam. how are you I'm very very well thank you for joining me this uh morning shahida now you've had a bit of a busy journey across the uh, over the um not, well, I don't know, over a decade, mashallah. Um, your work has been critically acclaimed. It's renowned, uh, not just in the UK, but across the world as well. Um, and yeah, so it's an absolute pleasure having you join us this morning. Now, Shahida, this exhibition that you've done um, in Lahore has gained a lot of interest, especially because it's called Full Circle. Why have you named it Full Circle? I
3: think um, the reason, when I was doing the exhibition, uh, for many years I was invited to go and exhibit in Pakistan and um, it's always one of those things as an artist you think, you know, is it going to be feasible, Uh, you know, will it add value to, you know, uh, having an exhibition in what we would classify as a third world country. But then um, after having visited Lahore two years ago, before I did the exhibition and the gallery and the space, I, I really felt some sort of connection. And I came back, and I decided that 2019 would actually be a celebration of having painted the whirling dervishes Derbyshire for mm. one decade. And secondly, when they're spinning, they actually spin in one full circle. Mm. And then me going back to Lahore was where my mother was born, and then I never really went back there or lived there or anything like that. So it was just going back, you know, um, as a person. So I thought the best um idea for the theme and the title would actually be full circle and things just sort of got together you know um randomly you know like me going back the whirling derby spinning um historically going back as a uk born british person back to law so it just sort of amalgamated and came together and the title sort of um i think um finished the exhibition off really to be honest
0: What's uh, really quite fascinating is the fact that as a British artist, did you ever imagine going back to Lahore and having your work exhibited there? Because we don't normally associate, like you said, a third world country as an exhibition space, but Lahore seems to be very, very up and coming at the moment.
3: I think, to be honest with you, I was fortunate enough, like I said, I visited two years ago, Uh, I was there for a wedding. And um, the wedding party were touring around the north, and I went back into the Mughal era, mm. you know, and I did a historical tour of the city. And it really, you know, it really helped me a lot in understanding what history and an era can do, you know, historically through architecture, through art, through fashion. And I thought maybe maybe it's the right time for me to go, mm. go back. And not necessarily, I think, as an artist, you know, for an artist, if you have a good space, you know, you can exhibit anywhere. Mm. But the thing is, I was reluctant in the sense thinking, I'll be doing this exhibition, and people don't really know me here. Mm. I might not sell my work. But to be honest with you, it was, uh, you know, it was an outstanding exhibition. The media, the press, the sales were, like, outstanding. And, you know, it was um, the welcome I got. I had the Prime Minister's sister who'd done a documentary for me as well. I had uh, Alam Iqbal's uh, Uh, daughter-in-law who'd come to do the opening, I had the governor of Punjab's wife turned up, and you know, it was actually quite supportive, you know, everybody was so supportive, and it really brought the community together, which which was one of my purposes, to say that, okay, I might not be from here, but really, it is a universal dialogue, and art is a method of bringing Mm. people together.
0: Now, this message is uh, something that you've been celebrating across the world, in particular the Middle East. And you've also changed your, the signature of your artwork from Shayda Ahmed to She. Why, why did you want to do that?
3: I think, you know, I've been in this profession now would- over. 20 years and i remember when whenever i'd get invited to an exhibition for example i'll give you an example 2008 i was invited by imran khan who at the time was the chancellor of manchester uh, Mm -hmm. bradford university and they had a gallery there called gallery one Mm -hmm. so i was invited to do an exhibition but the title i was given was like muslim woman Mm -hmm. or mother of three Mm -hmm. or uh, south asian and And then, after nine eleven, you know, it was always Muslim or woman. and And then I thought, you know what? actually, I'm just an artist. Mm-hmm. and an artist doesn't really have a religion or a culture. Uh, and faith should not be a problem. and but I'm actually a woman, I'm just a female. So I decided, and I made a statement when I had my exhibition in Lebanon in two thousand and sixteen. I actually publicly made a statement that I
0: will no longer use Shai Ahmed as signature, but just she. Mm. How did people respond and react to that? And do you, th- do you think this is something that a lot of women are actually feeling as well, in particular Muslim women?
3: I think uh, I think there's two ways about it. You know, you can use your faith and culture and gender to make um, a stance or a political statement. For example, you know, if you walk in a council and it's very male-dominated, you could use your gender to make that statement to say, actually, look around, there's not many women here, we still have, you know, these barriers. I think in an artistic perspective, for me, it was to say that, you know, I don't want to put that stigma on myself where, you know, I am that tick box of religion, mm. or I am that tick box of culture, or I am hitting the press, mother of three, because I keep my private life very private. Mm-hmm. And when people look at my work, I want them to see art, mm-hmm. not person, I want them to connect with the piece, because my artwork isn't about faith and religion and gender and my background, it's not about that. Uh, The audience completes it. Mm -hmm. So I think in the context of where you use your identity, whether it's your faith, um, it can vary really, to be honest with you, because I've used my identity as a woman in specific places. But when it comes to my
0: art and my signature, it's something I choose not to do anymore very bra- brave and quite revolutionary um, and re- I'm really, really quite intrigued by this, but I'm also very, very intrigued by the passion and inspiration behind your work. There is a real celebration of the movements of whirling dervishes. Um, where does this passion of the use of whirling dervishes come from, Shahida? To
3: be honest, it's a question I get quite a lot and truthfully, before uh, my father's death, I'd never, ever witnessed seeing a whirling dervish or um you know been to istanbul to see the performance what mm-hmm. happened was um in 2005 my father passed away and um i had a dream i actually and i'm not really a dreamer mm-hmm. uh, my sister's one of those people who seems to have a dream about everything and anything but i'm not really a dreamer so i just saw this like white cloth going round and round flapping, going allah oh, allah oh, oh, oh. And then it wasn't until um you know the the following year on television i've seen that a performance of whirling dervishes and i thought my goodness that was my dream and it was the same sound so in 2008 i actually flew to istanbul and that's when um, i i just connected um with the the whirling dervishes and objects you know like okay they do a spiritual performance they have their own ethos and philosophy behind why they do it Mm. And when I was looking at the movement, you know, and the black and white and how they were floating, they seemed like they were floating on water. For me as an artist, it became a subject. So no matter what I painted or what I sculpted, I'd always come back and start doing the Whirling Dervish. So my first series start off from the dream state where I'm doing illustrative Whirling Dervishes. And then over the, towards the end, you know, at end of my ten years, they went into black and white, more mm. movement. And Full Circle was a celebration of me painting them in various styles, colors, and it was that celebration of my subject.
0: And it's such a beautiful legacy that you've been able to share with your audience as well, because there's a real spiritual essence to your work and, and just observing the different styles and techniques across that decade of work. Do you feel that you have, have come to that stage now as an artist where you think, yeah, right, I found my, my signature style now? Or do you think there's still room for development
3: Oh no no! I, I think as an artist, definitely not. Because I think as an artist, you're never satisfied. You know, mm. like uh, you know, friends would say to me, "Why are you painting wedding Davis? Why are you painting wedding Davis? No matter what I did, somehow I always went back to it. Mm. Like for example, I just recently did a, a series of uh, children that I was fortunate enough to meet during my travels. Like Nepal was the first place I went to when I met this child who's hiding his food from me in a tyre.
2: Oh, gosh. And, um,
3: wow. and it really, it, it really hit me. Mm-hmm. This and um, then last year, last uh, March, I was invited um, by Oxfam um, for their charity ball. Gala. It was a gala of 25 years and um, it was for um, South Asian children. Mm-hmm. And basically I'd, I'd painted uh, a Pakistani boy polishing a shoe. Mm-hmm. And uh, because I thought if it's the South Asian children and eradicating poverty and children working, then rather than me giving them a signature piece, I'm going to paint this boy. Mm -hmm. And as I was painting him, I really connected with the subject. And I'm thinking, you know what? It's 2018 and this is still happening. Mm -hmm. So that was, I think it was a bit overwhelming for the audience because people paying 500 pounds a ticket. So on the stage, I put this child, like, you know, one and a half meter painting polishing your shoes. So it just really hit you thinking you're on a table eating food for £500. Of course. And and so the painting actually was auctioned for £20,000. Oh, mashallah. It was good for, yeah, it was very good because it raised a lot of money for us. Then later on uh, last year, Andy Burnham's charity dinner for um, the homelessness in Manchester, I painted a refugee child in a box, cardboard Mm -hmm. box, and basically... What happened was that was auctioned for £7,000. So this triggered off this series of children because as I was painting them, I was connecting with them. Mm. So I'd use a Nepalese child and uh, I'd put him in a light bulb. And um, I thought children are the light of the future, but children also are in a vacuum in a space that's man-made. Mm. They don't have freedom.
0: Interesting. And
3: we can put them on and off, on and off whenever we want to. Mm. So I got my graphic designer, tried to see how it worked out, and the very, you know, real-life photographic images. Um, so I started painting those, and that's a series now that I've got together. And I'm hoping with it, you know, I do it's something that's being waited to uh, be exhibited in Oman, and then I wanted mm-hmm. to travel. But again, you know, I'm hoping from the proceeds of sales of these that they can go back and help these some of these children and most of the children that are photographed and used are actually real children living today so wow. what you see what you see is is that so a taste of artistic,
0: taste of reality yeah, so
3: going, there absolutely so going from whirling dervishes to this it's a completely different mm. subject but also i've been looking at a new series based on um for the first time doing self-portraits mm-hmm. and i'm looking at myself but taking me back to the renaissance period again as a brown woman you know from a mixed varied cultural faith background and looking at the female as a subject and how you know it was always the white women and voluptuous women that were being portrayed or it was was that class so some of the images might have the new you know the new instead of the woman looking in a mirror she's looking at her phone and doing a selfie or she's pouting her lips so just looking at the woman in the world and how it's all changed.
0: I love how you you can dip into c- different types of genres and styles of creativity, um, from d- spiritualism through dervishes to very contemporary, abstract light of our lives with the children. And now you're looking at you know the view of a woman, um, uh, comparing it to the past and present. Um, super, super excited to actually see this uh, array of work. Now, how can people connect with your work, Shida, because I'm sure everybody is listening to you quite intently and think, God, I want to see her work. It sounds so creative.
3: um I, I, I mean, to be honest with you, my website was hacked a few years ago. Oh, my so, goodness. Um, you know, someone hacked it and then was uh, demanding loads of money. So that's Oh, my hacked. goodness. But I, I use, to be honest with you, I use my Instagram. Okay. So if you, you can just type Shida Artist or Shida. Um, she, um, you'll find me and my video, my documentary of Lahore, which is only, it was a week of filming, but it was literally done over five, six minutes. Um, it's, if you just type in full circle Shahid Ahmed or she, you'll, you'll find me. But just to let you know, I think what's another very important point I'm going to raise is that I, I'm basically a sculptor mm-hmm. and I went into painting, like mm-hmm. I said, after my father passed away and, you know, and the journey in art, you know. Obviously, art costs a lot of money, you know, having a Mm kiln, having all the facilities was a lot of money. So you have to get your priorities in balance, right? Because there's no regular income, you know, and I, I really emphasize this. But I always had the passion, I had the drive, it was my soul. So I went into painting, and then this is how things developed. But recently, over the last five years, I've done quite a lot lot of um, um, installations and sculptures which have traveled around the world Mm. in museums and galleries. So the thing is, there's no restriction on uh, media and expression and style. You know, like, we look at certain things, you might look at a Chanel handbag and say, yes, that's Chanel. But I think for an artist, you know, if we look at, you know, artists before us, you know, some of the legends, people like Picasso, if you look at some of Picasso's, very old work. It was amazing. You know, it wasn't even cubism. So there's no restriction and again as an artist you go through these phases saying, Do I have to have a signature style? Do mm. I have to have this? Yes, but when people see a dervish, they'll send me a picture and say, Is this yours? They do associate me with the dervish. Right. right. But Maybe full circle is an ending. I don't know. I really don't know. But you're, still,
0: of, but you're still evolving as a woman and each decade of your life brings out a new story. That's how I see it. Shaida. it's been absolutely remarkable, remarkable speaking to you. I followed your creative journey as a sculptor, as a visual artist for many a year and I just absolutely love every piece that you create. You are gifted. You are blessed, mashallah. We are heading off to a break, Shaida. but we ask it's National Upskills um, Youth a day, is there any advice you could give to young people or people listening into the show this morning on how to upskill or their passion for art?
3: I think my advice to the youth is whatever you feel in your soul and heart, there's mm-hmm. no restrictions, and whatever you do, do it 100%, and you'll succeed.
0: MashaAllah. Great words of wisdom there. And you have definitely put your soul and your passion in um, your artistry, Shahida. Shahida, you're in London at the moment. Is there an exhibition that we could maybe check out that's, uh, that has your work in it? No, I
3: haven't got anything here at the moment. I will be having something in um london shortly In China. Uh, and until it's uh, all confirmed i'll let you know but like i said i've been traveling for a, a good while and,
0: well, welcome and- home and welcome home back to the world cup england bring it bring it back what was london like um yesterday
3: uh, it was a little bit crazy. <laughs> crazy but to be honest with you it's you know this is home for me and i've got my book launch this year oh fantastic so that's going to be that's going to be something quite um you know refreshing to connect back home even though i'm traveling the world you always want your it's like having your babies but wanting them at home oh
0: know? bless you we are definitely going to have you back inshallah to talk about the book now we are heading off to a break and um quickly show you that the book content what will that be we've got 30 seconds it's a
3: fiction. It's a story about a woman it's called through brown eyes and
0: wow very nearly going to be in a hard copy very shortly inshallah good luck with that thank you so very much shaida for joining us and welcome back to blighty <laughs> take yeah, care thank you
3: take care, take care. For having you're me.
0: very very thank welcome you. that was a very awesome shaida Ahmed talking to us and we'll be heading to a break inshallah after the break we'll be catching up with hasna again so join me straight after this assalamu alaikum you're listening to an Inspire FM podcast, making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM. Catch a creative vibe on the Urban Cube with Sister Shamizah. Asalaamu Alaikum and a very good morning to you. It's 11 o'clock, Monday, 15th of July, and you are joined by myself and Husna Mummin in the studio this morning. And now, this is the Urban Cube. We are live and direct on Facebook Live, as well as across the airwaves, Luton's joining area, and across Peterborough, Salam Radio and Sheffield Link FM. Massive hearty salams, people. Are you recovering? From the weekend celebrations of the World Cup. Uh, they brought it home, people, they brought the the World Cup Cricket Cup home. Um it's been quite a remarkable, remarkable celebration across the country. Um yeah, so it's been wonderful to see how unified the country um ha- is and has been regarding the win and and um so it should be. So it should be with a such a diverse cricket team as well. I think this is really marking Um, what uh, Britain or England is all about the diversity of the cricket team um, was just a true credit to the country I think now folks um, it's not a sports show it's all about creativity on this morning show and I've just had the absolute pleasure of speaking to Shahida Ahmed who is a visual artist art activist sculpture sculptor and um just somebody who i have who i would consider one of my favorite artists or creatives her vision is extraordinary she's had such an interesting journey um and i've been following it for a number of years so it was absolutely awesome to have her share uh, a little bit about this journey in an exhibition that she actually showcased in lahore she's a british pakistani but her roots are from lahore and the exhibition was called full circle she also talked about um, light of our Lives, where she uh, looked at the lives of children um, and encapsulated them in light bulbs. This is um, an exhibition or work that she's working on at the moment, kind of you know exploring the different different um, states of life of children really um, in poverty and she also talked to us about um, her new book that um, she's about to launch so yeah really really interesting um, you can follow uh, Shaida on Instagram it's Shaida Ahmed um, and she has a, a wonderful YouTube bit, uh, video which is called Full Circle which enables you to kind of um, find out a little bit about the uh, exhibition that she did in Lahore it's her first solo exhibition now on today's show we are celebrating national upskilling youth youth upskilling day and the question i'm asking you guys is um, if you could ask your younger self give yourself some tips and advice what would that be to upskill or make you more employable maybe you don't need to uh, maybe you you ticked all the boxes um maybe it's advice you want to give to a young person would love to find out it's 0777 now, a story that I came across uh, was about one man giving advice to other customers, but if, um, he's a barista, um, And this barista basically was charging charging people discounted rates for their hot drinks or their drinks, if they used simply the term, "Please, thank you. How are you?" Wow manners cost you nothing but here you got discounted um, I want to ask Hasna who's in the studio with me right now her thoughts on this story now Hasna, Hasna Momin is a remarkable sister local sister who has um, a child that has special needs martial arts, but that uh, her motherhood has uh, remained strong and a suit and she was uh, she's been able to get her daughter through her GCSEs as well as uh, uh, launching uh, a professional makeup and hairstyling uh, business as well. Thank you, Hasna, for joining me this morning.
1: Thank you, Shamiza, for having me. It's actually, I'm really enjoying myself. It's it's a pleasure to be here. My first time as well, but it's going great. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Um, now I'm going to give you a discount. I'm going to give you a free drink now. Oh, OK. <laughs> being so polite. Why not? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> now, we, you, you've been sharing your remarkable journey with me. And, mashallah, you're so inspiring. Um the challenges you faced and and i'm sure there will be a lot more challenges you are still going to face but the way you manage it what i want to say is actually may allah make it easy for you that you have no other <laughs> challenges because the ones that you have experienced but it's made you've carried on you I you think, the strength i think Allah Allah
1: gives you all these experiences for you to be who you are mm. and make you stronger and understand because i think if i didn't have those experience i probably would have gone into back into management and then area manager right of a jewellers mm. um, i probably would have been happy i probably wouldn't be but i don't think that would allow mm. that would have allowed me to understand mm. what my real passion was because mm. i wouldn't have that moment to reflect it would have been the busy 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 mm. schedule working five days a week nine till half five six over time Um, so I think every experience that you're um, given by Allah is it's 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 to make you stronger we don't realize at that that time but when you go back and reflect on it like with my second daughter I say like it's because of you I've been able to take that passion and she feels so like privileged to you know and she's like it's because of me mum you're a makeup artist I'm like yes it is because of you because you made me realize you know what my passion was and I you know, that's what I wanted to oh, pursue. Do you know
0: what? Such a beautiful way of thinking um, and identifying your life and and where things have come from. Because we always say children bring their own risk. You know, and uh, there's Bargat. Yeah, um, yeah. And they and the fact that you've told shared that with your daughter. That must be so inspiring for her. She that is. Um, she feels really proud
1: to say that. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's. Um, I think. I think children. We kind of want to. Make our children sometime what we didn't become. Okay. And we kind of instill that mm, in them. Mm. Okay, you know, this is the way you go. This is what you want to achieve. This is what you want to be. From an early age, mm. we kind of like put that, what do you want to be, decide. Um, but I think we need to take a step back and let them just be, let them mm. just be children, let them enjoy the time they want in
0: there, there is a lot of pressure on children, there is a unfortunately. Lot of academically, it's all about grades, grades and it's all about the schools and le- um, achieving a certain set level and league tables and bureaucracy where children are not allowed to be children when they're not playing enough creating enough but it's all about it's
1: competing as well Mm. so you know your child might not like English, mm. that's fine. Mm. They might like art, mm. let them enjoy the art. Mm. But we don't kind of have that. It's like, you you know, you're not doing well in English. So how do we improve your English? Yes, you're not yeah. doing well in science. How do we improve that? And it's competing, but the child might not enjoy English science. They might like history. And yeah. that's fine. And do you
0: think it's important for parents to understand and appreciate that every child is different? Because... Absolutely. naturally, there absolutely. is a stereotype about South Asian parents that they're quite, you know, they've yeah. got the whip and yes. they really, really are quite strict and stern and everything has to be quite, you know, um, academic rather than creative.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, some like, I could remember with Ramisa, her SATs, I think her attendance was only 46%. Mm-hmm. So her SATs, um, you know, the teacher says she's going to fail her SATs and everything. At that point, I thought, OK, I am going to, you know, spend like every day with her, maybe 15, 20 minutes just to get her Mm-mm. up. Because it wasn't if she did fail her SATs, it wasn't about me being ashamed or anything. I didn't want her to feel any different because she's got special needs. I wanted her to feel that she can achieve just as good mm. as other children mm-hmm. um, so I did spend that time with her sort of every day Monday to Friday sort of 10-15 minutes just working because her attendance were so low and mm-hmm. she was missing out on everything and she passed her SATs which was a big thing for her because I know that if she did fail it would have been like oh just because I've got those medical issues I wasn't able to go to school so it was for her self-esteem and mm-hmm. everything but I think even for SATs and everything, loads of parents do have. You know, it's it's their choice, fair enough. But mm-hmm. I think there is a lot of pressure with private tuition. Yes. In the school, then don't forget we have our Arabic as well. So there's a lot. Our children do have a bit of a workload. A lot. Like when we were learning Arabic, it was like Monday to Friday um, after school. But mm-hmm. then we didn't have all those homeworks mm-hmm. and everything. It was just like play, play, play. As far as I can remember, mm-hmm. I think it was like I used to look forward to just running around in the playground in my like infants and junior schools and all that
0: i had such a great childhood because i really really enjoyed primary school i just felt so free like a bird and i felt i learned much much more at primary school than i did in high school or comprehensive yeah i don't
1: remember my high school i just remember bits and pieces but i just remember my primary school
0: great teaching
1: great teaching and the stories i I tell as well they're like wow mom you've had great childhood but like the
0: college and high school it is slightly <laughs> I didn't different enjoy it. I no, did not enjoy no. it me. oh dear me gosh folks share your stories did you prefer a primary school or high school which did you prefer um, the show is The Urban Cube um, thank you for staying with me and listening into all our conversations but we'd like you guys to join in with the conversations as well this morning I am joined by no other than um, Hassan Momin, who is our local mum extortionaire, Marshall sharing her experiences and her life and wow, what a wonderful life you live and it's been so inspiring. Um, Getting some great snippets from her this morning but we'd like you to join in as well, guys. It is National Upskilling Youth Upskilling Day. What sort of inspirational advice could you give to young people or if you had to tell yourself, your younger self, give your younger self some advice about skills and what would it be? Now, we've just had Shida Ahmed on just before the break. That was 10.35 onwards and she shared her creative journey and what a journey she has had. She's called it full circle in um, celebration of her um, solo art exhibition, which was showcased in Lahore. She's a British Pakistani uh, artist who has really made her mark in the world of artistry from the uk to the middle east uh hasna you were listening into Shayda's um interview and uh, mashallah the conversation she was having um i didn't feel i had enough time because there's so yeah, much to talk about but what did i you was ha- listening how Absolutely did you find her
1: amazing like she's an artist makeup artist so i can relate to that because it's, she's not it's, makeup artist but no she's an artist yeah. and a makeup artist so it's it's the work of art yeah so, um, I mean, when she said art comes from the soul, mm. I, I totally understood what, what mm. she's saying, because obviously in the makeup industry as well, where you're creating, you are creating the art mm. and it is coming from the soul, each individual look or your photo shoots or whatever. So she's so inspiring. It's yeah. like, I, I need to check her out and start do Do check her. her work
0: out, because I don't think she is as... I feel she needs to be recognised more I think she's a hidden treasure when it comes yeah. to sort of you know Islamic art it is I, I, very I, I spiritual about her okay. and
1: I, to be honest I was like because we in the process of moving to a new house right. and I want one part of my art like the dining area or sort of our comfy zone area I, I want mm. artwork in there and I'm looking for an artist but no one kind of
0: knows anyone get, so get in touch yeah. with i'm sure there's local artists that you can get in touch with and this is what this show's about it's all those connections yeah. and collaborations now connections is something that you're very very passionate about women connecting women is an organization that you are the secretary of now why is it important for you to kind of be part of that do you where do you find the time to be part of something like this That's something so either you got uh, what you're passionate about there, there is always time
1: mm-hmm. but it's how you um target your time mm-hmm what you're passionate about. So it is all voluntary work. Women Connecting Women started off in 2017. There was only a few of us ladies that had the first meeting. And um, at the first meeting, it was like, you know, we were discussing our passion, we, mm. what we want to do for the community, our backgrounds. And we all shared shared the same vision. We mm-hmm. wanted to give back to the community. We wanted to do something for the Um, less fortunate Mm. but then it's not just a less fortunate it's women from all backgrounds despite age, religion, culture it doesn't matter where they're from Um, so you start off with your community first and then work nationally and internationally maybe Mm. but it does start off with the community so we all wanted to give back to the community and you know it was after meetings after meetings that we actually had like mini launches. Um, our big launch is going to happen sometime in October hasn't it happened yet the big launch launch. (laughs) Uh, exciting things so we haven't like um discussed that yet um but hopefully because um we want to hold it in Crescent Hall okay so Crescent Hall's going under a bit of work and everything so we're just waiting for that as well
0: do you know what I need to have a reunion then of all the women connecting women panel in the studio just before that (laughs) I don't think you would fit all of us in (laughs) because it's good and I'll full make of it art. happen I will I'm getting a bit of a pro at this I know how to manage the desk and all they only give me responsibility for one button as long as I press it correctly that's okay so cool.
1: I think we're used to like budging up and taking pictures together squeezing in so I think we'll
0: handle it <laughs> there is an art to doing a selfie and you ladies have clocked it side side is all about the side it's all about the side <laughs> oh bless you now talking about selfies and images now images and the way we look I mean I think we're quite blessed as what well, so we were growing up we were not bombarded with this world of social media so you know if, if anybody had a Kodak camera or a throwaway camera it was like you know it was really marking that moment and that was a special moment when somebody pulled out the camera now yeah. it's consistent every three yeah. seconds I still have my camera but well don't use somebody's it. <laughs> taking a selfie now what's your thoughts on mental health and um self confidence of young people and do you feel that when you're has it impacted the way people view themselves now especially definitely. the younger generation yeah, definitely
1: social media has taken its toll and it's it's good depending on how you use it but no matter how you use it it is always there competing with one another mm-hmm. it is you know whether whether you're a model whether you're an artist whether you're just an individual you are It's a good thing to have social media, but then that is leading to, I think it's leading to depression and anxiety as well, because Mm. you're forever competing. Oh, she's doing well. He's doing well. Why am I not being Mm. like this? Then your image as well. Gosh, you see all these models. That are super skinny. And then you see, like, the editing as well. It's all photoshopped as well. Like, Consi- consistent.
0: I suppose one thing that we can agree on here is that young people have understood the perfect image does not exist unless you add filters and layers, which is really quite sad, but at least they understand this is not real. This is an added layer of superficiality. And that is the term, it's superficial. But how how do we educate our children our daughters in particular our daughters and even boys are affected by this that this is a superficial world and do not get drowned by it how how i see it is like well for my daughter i've, I've got three girls mm-hmm. um, obviously
1: they're different age 17 13 year mm-hmm. old then a three-year-old so you have to if you want to lose weight you to begin with you have to love the body you're in mm-hmm. to start off with loving the body you're in mm-hmm. but then you you know, okay, I need to lose weight, but why do you need to lose weight? To be healthy, to be Mm -hmm, fit, mm -hmm. to be well. Not, you know, I need to fit into a size six or a size eight. We need to lose weight to be healthy, Mm -hmm. to be fit, Mm. to feel good about ourselves. So you need to question yourself why. And once you get the answers to the why, then you're content with the body you're in now. Okay. And your thoughts, what you're thinking, what your thoughts, you're saying out loud as well. I look in the mirror, like I want to lose weight. I want to lose weight. Why do I want to lose weight? Because... If, if it's a dress I want to fit into, I say, mm-hmm. it's the dress that I want to fit into. I want to feel good about myself. I still feel good about myself now, but I want to be healthy. I want to be fitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to get tired looking after my kids. I want to take them out. I want to be more energetic. Mm-hmm. So when you know the why, that has helped me. Mm-hmm. So you can be consistent. I need to exercise, but mm-hmm. you know, exercise and food. So I need to exercise. Why do I need to right. exercise? Um, I need to eat well. Why do I need to eat well? Not just to lose weight, but to nourish my Mm. inner Mm. body, my inner self. So for the past few months, that's what I've been doing. And everything I want to do, I question why do I want to do it? And I keep questioning why, why, why until there's an end. And then my
0: why is the
1: answer. Wow.
0: Why, why? is the answer? Why is the answer? Now, um, I want to ask you, I don't want to... Okay, I hope I'm not ruffling any feathers here or rocking <laughs> you your job. <laughs> Should I be nervous? Uh, <laughs> make, makeup artists, some people kind of... Um, you've got the positive comments and then you also have the negative comments. Like, oh, God, I'm constantly... My feed is full of makeup artists, professional makeup artists. Everybody's a make, makeup artist and, and they, you know, are... Do you think they are part of the reason why a lot of young people are being or women and men because men are wearing makeup now crazy as <laughs> it seems are you know part of this this thing you know what they they're kind of like strengthening this thing about you know you 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 need to look a certain way
1: um to be honest i don't think so because i think makeup being a makeup artist is your career. Okay. So whether you're self-taught and you're a makeup artist, whether you're getting trained by makeup mm-hmm. artists and professionals in the field, um, it's not, you can't really say it's because of the makeup artists that okay. people are, because that's always going to be there. Okay, And it's just um, people have taken their makeup skills to the next level okay. because... Um, as I said, like even in the '90s when I was growing up, it was not a thing. Because it's like higher. plastering
0: the face, and it's not that's, allowing the face to look. That's natural. on the
1: individual artist okay. uh. to see how you lay yourself, how you um, do your makeup. Mm-hmm. So that's why I said each artist is unique and mm-hmm. different, and every one of us have our own touch.
0: Now, with the brides, um, has there been times we thought, "No, I'm not going to apply this on your face. This is going. Um, this is uh, not my remit." Hence, like. Our South Asian brides have a tendency of wanting to be paler than they actually are. This thing about colorism. Mm. Um, do you understand what I mean by I, colorism?
1: I know. Yes, I have had like I have had some brides clients that have said like I do want to go shades lighter. Mm-hmm. Okay, one shade lighter. That's you can with the contouring and highlighting Mm-mm-mm-mm. and everything you can get with it but when they want to go like few shades lighter, I mean I have clearly said that's not my expertise okay. um, I like to go with your natural colour mm. my, my job is to enhance your beauty and I don't really um, you know, it's all fair how you each artist does their makeup that's fair enough but Everyone is different and I like to sort of just enhance the natural beauty. Even my bridals, mm. I like to keep their natural mm. colour, give mm. them that glow mm. and party looks as well. I like to give them that glow, that natural look. I mean, now the latest trend is is it's your skin. So you it's all oh. about prepping the skin and giving that glow. OK, so, so how does one prep the skin? It's again, it starts off with you. Mm-hmm. You have a good skincare regime. Mm-hmm. Um, cleanser Mm -hmm. so every day you're cleaning your skin I mean going to sleep with makeup that is a totally no no mascara I have known some people go to sleep with mascara on and makeup on or they just wipe it but mine is like even if you use a facial wipe Mm -hmm. you still have to cleanse your skin Mm -hmm. and then exfoliate um, two three times a week okay some do say like every day depending on what kind of exfoliator right. but i think that's quite harsh it's so quite like abrasive two, three, isn't it yeah two mm-hmm. three times a week exfoliate and then a face mask that's something that actually mm. suits you homemade face mask Ooh. i mean um face scrub brown sugar bit of lemon juice um yeah that just does it as well lemon juice and brown sugar brown sugar and lemon juice mm-hmm. lip scrub face scrub um mask um there's so many different marks like bran flour turmeric mm-hmm. again bit of lemon juice um leave that on your skin for about do you know what i had it on facebook i can't remember exactly but i so remember you, those you put tips and
0: advice natural facial yeah, yeah, stuff yeah
1: i have okay. been i've not been so um because for the last sort of three years i was on a break mm-hmm. and everything and i've just come back oh my welcome again. back i'm, <laughs> I'm glad just you're come back. Back. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, yeah, I do put tips and tricks Uh um, on my social media as well. And do you want
0: people to follow you? Would you want to share your social media handle? Yeah,
1: so my social media is Hasna Mumen on Mm -hmm. Facebook, Art of Beauty. And then on my Instagram is Hasna Mumen. Mm -hmm. So I have been um, uploading like hairstyles, the new hairstyles, but I've been learning. Yeah, yeah. This is is a work of art. It's all about... Intricate. Yeah, it's like the Russian style. uh So that's... What is the Russian style? It's just a style where there's loads of like pulling and okay teasing, spraying and Mm. teasing and like getting the actual it's like art doing the Mm. roses, roses as well. So there's loads of like artwork going on that. And it's just getting, you know, sectioning the hair correctly and then pulling it the right amount loads of hairspray but it doesn't feel like you've got loads of hairspray because you're forever like spraying and then blowing cool. spraying you're literally blowing uh, on the hair as well to get that finished look so i'm learning a lot of that now as well so as you're practice. upskilling yourself as i well, aren't am you? and i think that's really really important that's what i said you should, as an artist you should never be like i know mm-hmm. i know all of it or i don't need to upgrade my skills you should always be learning new mm-hmm. skills mm-hmm. um and and you know no matter who trains you at the end of the day once you start using them they are your signature
0: looks because no one's going to be the same yeah it's always having that twist isn't it adding that extra now i'm really curious would the brides like how do they stay calm is that up to the makeup artist to kind of keep them calm and less nervous and
1: your last moment when you think of it your last hour is with the makeup artist before you actually walk in like you know, uh-huh. to get married.
0: And it's always quite funny because I think the husband to be is the last person that actually sees his bride because yeah. everybody else is <laughs> here. <has seen laughs> everybody everybody else is in around. the photographer has. Yeah, <laughs> but then
1: when I'm with my client as a bride, it's like I, I actually get them to lock the door. So okay. it's just me and my bride. Fantastic. I don't want no disturbance. Mm. Uh, it's just when people are coming in and out and they get distracted or, uh, you know, I just want that time with just me and my bride get her finished, then the photographer, videographer, anyone could come in, that's fine. Um, So yeah, it is your last moment with the bride. So it is your job as well i feel as an artist to keep them calm and mm. you know you do connect with them really and you know wow. when they know you're married
0: as well with kids oh, they, they always, always want kind advice. of advise so you're yeah. being a counselor guide and everything yeah yeah definitely how awesome um so i'm going back to a story that i mentioned about this barista mm-hmm. who um had had mentioned on a billboard mm-hmm. in the cafe that he worked at that he was discounting people's coffee or hot drinks or drinks if they use certain words. For example, a drink like that would have been, this is an American barista, like $3. If you said, no, no, three fifty. if you said, it was like, thank you, would have, and yes, please, would have reduced it by $0.50 cent or something. Um, do you think people should discount uh, services if you have manners? Um. Uh- I think it's a good initiative to actually get you
1: using those words because mm. it's very ba- basic words. Please, thank you, um, Some excuse me. Some people don't. Me. Some people don't. I was just saying that to my 13-year-old yesterday. Mm. I said, Ramisa, please, thank you, excuse me. These are the three words mm. that you should always use. She's like, but I always use them. I'm like, no, just make a happy it. She's like, what yeah. are you telling me? Why don't you tell the Nisha? art of manners, it's, yeah. it's And we don't lost. always use them. So mm. I said, it doesn't matter. Even if someone brushes past you, mm. Um, it's okay if they don't say like, excuse me or sorry. You just say sorry. Mm. It doesn't matter.
0: Mm. So it's nice. Be that, the better yeah, person. And yeah. if more people would do that, we'd have less rage. And we're going to be talking about... Road rage. Yeah, we're going to talk about rage straight off this. Heading <laughs> off to break, people. Join me straight off this. Assalamualaikum.
2: Assalamualaikum. alaykum. This is Atif Noaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify.
0: a creative vibe on the Urban Cube with Sister Shemaisa. Assalamualaikum and good morning. We are in the final half an hour of the Urban Cube with me, Shamiza, and my fabulous guest in the studio this morning is Hasna Mumin. We've had some fantastic conversations about everything and anything this morning. If you've missed any of it, you know what to do. You can go back on the well, on the Facebook Live, scroll it back to the beginning because it's um, uploaded there. We've also got a Podbean, and we are also going to be repeated this evening as well on Inspire FM. Now the conversations are still continuing with yourselves to get involved with the show this morning and we're asking you about upskilling. Um, It is National Youth Upskilling um, Day and if you had to ask your younger self or give your younger self any advice about how to improve your employability skills, what would they have been? Um, I'll be catching up with any of the conversations that you've had with us on the Facebook uh, comments page, and you can WhatsApp us on 07779481822. Also, folks, I've forgotten we're also giving away two tickets to the Islamic Art and Heritage event happening at Waltham Forest, um, which is uh, this weekend, guys. So, if you fancy winning two tickets to this event, where is this uh, exhibition being held? I've mentioned Waltham Forest, London. Mm, have i given it away people we had an interview <laughs> last week um with abdul malik taylor who was uh, supporting this event and he kindly gave two tickets away those two tickets haven't been taken so that's why i'm rolling the com- uh, the competition again one of the poets that's going to be at the event is uh, going to be joining the show very very shortly and she'll be sharing uh, some live poetry as well Huh. So I'm really quite excited about that. Now, um, folks, as always, the Urban Cube is always inviting your thoughts and comments regarding the show. Tell us what you think about the show this morning. Um, and you can do that on 077 So I mentioned um, a, a competition, a competition giveaway for an event happening at the weekend in Waltham Forest, London. It's uh, all about Islamic art and um, heritage, and it's quite an exciting event. And one of the performers at that event is actually on the phone right now with me this morning, all the way from London, so we can get find out a little bit more about this very exciting event that's happening. And I'm sure you're curious to know who this remarkable lady is that's going to be joining me. I've had some amazing, amazing guests. It's not... The show is not running do- dry and neither are the conversations. What are you thinking, Hasna? Would Definitely. you agree? We're just talking about everything and anything, aren't we? That's, that's Go with the flow. Go with the flow. I'm loving that. Loving the positive energy. And somebody else who's delivering this po- positive energy is no other than Jamila L. Now, she's an 18-year-old writer, performer whose work explores identity, religion and politics as well as mental health. Now, she's performed in Hackney Theatre, Gnome House, Stratford Theatre and The Word and she actually started performing from the age of 12. Now, her purpose is that she hopes to break stereotypes and help people that don't have a voice and she is also the founder of S-Poetry, which is a women's only spoken word event. Curious, Hasna? Want to find more? I've got my headphones on, listening. <laughs> hey! as alaikum, Jamila. How are you, my dear, this morning? I'm
2: good, I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm very well. Even better hearing your voice. Now, mashallah, it's a voice I'm sure everybody wants to find out a little bit more about. Now, before we head off into the interview, how is London this morning? It's actually quite cold today. Uh huh. And what about the atmosphere? Because the World Cup, Lord's cricket ground, um, England's brought it home. It was already here, but <laughs> we're keeping hold of it now. We are. Hello, can you hear me?
2: Yeah, yeah it's been crazy.
0: Wonderful. Now, Jamila, um absolutely remarkable reading about your story, um, or your biog this morning. Um, twelve years old is when you first began to write poetry and you're only a mere 18 years of age already performing at some remarkable spaces and you're also doing a live event at this festival that's happening at the weekend. Jamila, where where did the inspiration come from at so young?
2: So essentially when I was in uh, school they started like a poetry club and I like they had a poetry teacher come into each class, each English classroom and so they had us write a poem so they could see who would join the poetry club so once they put us into the poetry club and then we started writing and writing and then they put us on like a stage Mm -hmm. and then from there they started like giving us more platforms to
0: perform. I love the fact that from there on they gave more and more platforms and those platforms and when did you start actually leaving the classroom um, and heading into the world of like theatre spaces?
2: So um, at 15, I'd
0: say. Wow, 15. And how did your family kind of respond um, to you wanting to kind of perform as well as like, because at that time you're kind of prepping for your GCSEs. Yeah.
2: My mum has like been so supportive. So she's always like me oh like do this event do that event so she's always been kind of the
0: backbone to it you know what I'm absolutely loving that the fact that mums are pushing their girls to get out there and do this and that's exactly what Mm. you've been doing Hasna with your own daughter haven't you with her studies and how important is it for mums to take that responsibility or just be the driving force
1: Hasna um, I think it's so important because obviously you you as a parent, as I said, like the fathers, they if they're at work or they mm. do have that support from the father, but it's the mother that's with the child. Mm. Um, so it's so important to support your child no matter what they're mm. doing, because they need that support without your support. I mean, The the children, at the end of the day, they have to have that support from you. And And nurturing and guiding them.
0: Now, um, Jamila, how does your mum respond to you now that she's seen you performing on the stage? What was her first initial reaction?
2: I think she's just always been quite proud of me on stage because I used to be a very shy person. And I feel like me performing has given me a lot of confidence. So every time she sees me on stage, she gets really emotional as well. Oh,
0: wow. So you're not embarrassed by that?
2: no 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 <laughs> this reminds me of I mean, when I was, yeah when i was younger i used to be like no mom don't come now i'm just like mom like come to all my performances
0: <laughs> because Aww. you need somebody in the audience like a uh, fangirling you right it doesn't matter if it's your mom <laughs> but somebody there right so um mashallah that's absolutely awesome um Today is National Upskilling Day, Youth Upskilling Day, Jamila. And I know you're still a youth (laughs) because you're only 18. But if you had to say something to your younger self, um, what choices do you think you would make to kind of maybe improve your employability skills? Um, I'd just
2: say be more confident Mm -hmm. in yourself.
0: And confidence is something that you don't, you're do you not shying away from, mashallah, because it takes quite a lot of confidence to go on stage. So what's, has anybody helped you develop that level of confidence? Do you go to any classes um, uh, to kind of improve your stage presence?
2: No, I think essentially, like, every time you get on stage, you just get a little bit more used to it. And mm-hmm. for me, like, when I'm performing, I don't really tend to look at the people I kind of look over the people oh. so it kind of helps as well
0: and do you get a kind of like a bit of a buzz when you're on the stage
2: yeah I get like a like a real buzz and I because I don't get like um nervous before I'm on stage I get nervous like I don't get nervous I just as soon as I'm about to get on the stage then I get that kind of buzz and nervous feeling
0: oh bless you now what is it that you actually present on the stage? What inspires the performances and the writing?
2: For me, writing is more of a chore than anything else because I feel like my writing should have a purpose. So, mm-hmm. I don't I don't generally just perform anything. I try to perform things that can make a difference and will enlighten people's understanding of situations that have happened.
0: And why do you feel it's important for you to do that?
2: I feel like at least, if I'm doing something, then I can say yes. I'm trying to make a difference. Because so okay. all I want to do is try and make a difference.
0: And what has, what are these differences, Jamila? What is it that you're wanting to create change through these words that you perform?
2: I think it's essentially the main thing is like allowing people to know what's going on because a lot of a lot of things that are going on, people don't know about, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's so important that everyone is politically aware.
0: Mm-hmm. And for somebody so young, you're 18 years of age. I mean, what do you know about the world of politics or what's going on around politically? That's what some people that are tuning in might think, that you're you're still very young.
2: Yeah, but we, as young people, we have like a social media platform now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I feel like that is very important. So I take my social media platform and I try to use it for a purpose as mm-hmm.
0: well. And, and you're using it in quite a... A res- responsible and savvy means because most young people your age—I'm being very stereotypical here, aren't I—are <laughs> taking selfies, but um, and you know, uh, drumming up the likes. But you're wanting to create change using social media.
2: Yeah, I mean, I take selfies too, but the main <laughs> goal is to uh, make a
0: change. Now, as a young, um, you know, hijab-wearing sister how easy has this journey been for you or have you faced any barriers in projecting your voice on these in these platforms
2: yeah it hasn't always been easy because especially when you go to like each different show there's always like a different atmosphere different vibes mm-hmm. like a different vibe mm-hmm. that the people give off and it's very difficult sometimes as well because you feel like maybe because you're wearing hijab like they might not see you in the same light as they see the other performers
0: okay now, as a young woman performing, um, are you inspired by other poets, female poets? Or do you, you know, do you follow other Muslim female poets to give you strength? Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah I follow a lot of them because I feel like we all need to be supporting each other. Because essentially, I feel like mode is becoming a real male dominated thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like us women need to get out there a lot more
0: and this is a platform that you've actually initiated yourself called s poetry it's a platform that you launched was it last month where women uh for its women only spoken word event
2: yeah so it because i've gone to a lot of spoken word events and there's been a lot of like who have come up to me and been like i really want to share what i what i you know have written what i've created mm-hmm. but there's no platform for me to to um perform and also like a lot of Sisters, they feel like, oh, they don't want to be on stage in front of like other men, and it's okay. So, but, we, yeah,
0: so I think that, uh, so. I think that's quite an important thing, really, because there will be lots of creatives out there, females wanting to write, but it is about the platform and the environment. And if it's not, exactly. if it goes against their their faith, or, you know, um, then they may feel restricted to go out there. So, mashallah, that sounds really exciting. So, how become, if there's anybody listening in and wants to participate in S Poetry, this uh, female-only spoken word platform, is it only London-centric? Is it only for Londoners? Um. the...
2: Uh event itself is launched in London but people come down from all different places in London Ooh,
0: okay. in England. And is there a, a Instagram page or a Facebook page? I mean do young people use Facebook anymore? I don't know. I hear it's all about Snapchat. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, there's not a Facebook page, but there is uh Instagram pages at Poetry.
0: Okay. So do you wanna just say say that one more time?
2: it's just s poetry and then an
0: underscore okay s poetry underscore a female poetry i'd call it a hub online platform uh, a platform really for performance now i'm sure a lot of people tuning in would be very curious to find out about uh your poetry and what that sounds like um jamila so i understand you're going to be performing a piece for us this morning and it's on mental health yeah So, um, inshallah, folks, we are joined by Jamila L. She is a spoken word poet who performs across London. Uh, She's an emerging poet performing poet who's got a lovely little following um she's also the lady (coughs) behind s poetry the founder of s poetry which is a platform for women uh performing poetry and we have the great pleasure on the urban cube to actually have jamila l performing for us uh, this morning the mic's yours jamila thank you um
2: it's not the gun it's the mouth behind the trigger that so silently unleashed its harsh tongue, unaware of the consequences in the life it was about to take, years of hard work and trying, almost so quickly to become nothing but a mere soul that was never noticed, until so your harsh tongue unleashed its rage, ignoring the warnings of words can break you, to shatter you into an existence of a dark sky with dying stars, brightness bleeding, all the sparks slowly letting go, it's not the gun but the insecurities behind the trigger. The monster of self-hate that slowly forming into a silver bullet that will forever continue to spread to your soul. Reaching the depths of darkness you will never see but will always feel. It's not the gun but the anger in your eyes. The punch that came before the punchline. It's not the gun but the blind date with the mirror that always wants to see someone else. A reflection of self-hate and disgust. It's not the gun but the fading I love you. The scars of love that were always told to be hate. You see, love was supposed to heal you but left you with an open wound fooled by the words forever. It's not the gun but your words of slander, that will forever be tattooed inside of my skin, never letting me let go, let me go, not the gun, but never being able to keep happiness hiding behind the trigger, it's not the gun, it's the one that forced you to hide all of your imagination away, forcing you to believe that dreams are only meant for childhood, it's not the gun, it's the permanent tears, never finding comfort or peace, it's not the gun, it's your hypocrisy behind the trigger, never practising what you preach, it's not the gun, but the stranger with your secrets behind the trigger. It's not the gun, but the ghost of your youth behind the trigger. Seeing things that you should have never seen. It's not the gun, but the bottled up emotions behind the trigger. Exploding on the inside. It's not the gun, but the hurt behind the trigger. Slowly pulling it as you pulled against my heart. It's not the gun, but the mental scars behind the trigger. The understanding that you don't have to be hooked up to any type of medical machine to claim you're dying. It's not the gun, but the pressure spreading like poison. Suffocation of them wanting you to be like someone else. It's not the gun, but the society behind the trigger forcing you to be held captive by classrooms, shredding all of your uniqueness, more than you all in the same way, tricking you into believing that the only way you will ever learn is from writing essays and being trained for books. It's not the gun, but the mirror's ignorance hiding behind the trigger. Your eyes unable to see your beauty, not understanding that her beauty is not the absence of your own. It's not the gun, but the word fat that came before the weight gained, a delusional being that forced you to meet Anna. It's not the gun, but sadness living inside the trigger spreading like an infectious disease with no cure. It's not the gun, but a fading smell. They're pretending to be okay. The cry behind the laughter. It's not the gun, it's life pulling the trigger. It's always holding you back to thought of, what's the point of a life you're not really living? It's not the gun, but the loss of faith, the loss of love, the leaving of life. It's not the gun, or the trigger, or the bullet. It was everything that came before it.
0: Wow. That was brilliant. Thank you so very much, um, Jamila. Um, This piece performed by Jamila L. on the Urban Cube this morning. Now, Jamila, um, I was not expecting the intensity and how powerful and hard hitting this poem is. Um, When we always, when we think of women or girls we don't really think we we always seem to associate pretty fluffy things don't we (laughs) but we shouldn't really because um when you start writing you you, yeah the power is in the pen and this is one powerful piece and a very very intriguing piece um i'm going to go to husna before i ask you jamila some questions about this piece husna you just heard this piece by jamila um first time i'm assuming you're hearing her um your thoughts uh, to be honest, I didn't expect it to come from an 18-year-old.
1: Mm. I mean, if you read the poem, you would think it's coming from someone who's experienced a lot more. So that's that's really inspiring because my daughter's 17. So, you know, that's mm. absolutely amazing. So proud of you, Jamila. It's like amazing.
0: So wow. Well, um, Jamila, you talk about mental health and you also talk about guns in this. Um the two you've combined through the layering of this piece um share with me the thoughts behind it and why the two essentially it's
2: you know about like a really sensitive Mm topic like you know if someone was about to take their life but it's not about that it's not just about that it's about everything that came before Mm them do you know what i mean
0: yeah now Everything that came before it, obviously the thought process, the mental health. Mental health is a key thing to actually kind of explore when you're coming with gun gun crime. And this is a really, really... um, a topic, or not a topic, it's an epidemic that is impacting lives, knife crime and gun crime across um, the UK and the world. Um, This piece, uh, what are your aims from writing it and what are you hoping would be achieved from a piece like this?
2: I feel like mental health has always always been a kind of to be subject and I feel like just now it's been... People have been starting to understand it. Mm -hmm. But I feel like a lot of people still don't understand what people go through and what they can go through. So I feel like through this poem, I just want people to understand that mental health isn't just one thing. It it can be 20 different things. Mm.
0: There are different, different spectrums. And this is what I think more and more people are recognising. I think I'm not an expert per se, but um, I do think everybody has an element of mental health um in us mm-hmm. that we need to adhere to heal um and and kind of like you know we or everyone needs to look after themselves but it seems to be the age is getting younger and younger unfortunately where we're recognizing that um young more younger younger people are affected by it now um apart from uh spoken word poetry jamila what else do you do in the in your little world
2: uh, so I'm just working at the moment, just finished college, so I'm just working and performing at the uh, moment.
0: Are you wanting to go to university?
2: Yeah, hopefully that's in the plan.
0: So what are you hoping to study?
2: Um, I'm hoping to study criminology.
0: Ooh, why criminology?
2: I've always been interested in the law aspect of things as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And this is really quite interesting because there's a creative side to you and there's also quite something, a very academic, serious side to you as well. Are you going to balance the both um, in the future?
2: Yeah, inshallah. I, always, I hope to like always continue spoken word. That's one thing that I really want to continue.
0: And do you think there's enough sport, support out there for women of colour and Muslim women in the spoken world scene?
2: I don't think so, at all. I feel like there needs to be more events. There needs to be more directed at, like, you know, women. And Because I, I feel like Spoken Mad is becoming such a male-orientated orient, mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like women need to come out more and we need to be giving the space to women a lot more as well.
0: Now, this space, um, you know, you talk about spaces, but you're actually going to be performing at a space, aren't you? Um, at Waltham Forest um, as part of an Islamic um heritage and art festival um is that correct yeah uh, so so can you tell me a little bit more about this festival? Because we're actually rolling out a competition. Um and the competition to win two tickets is actually telling folks, contact us, tell us uh where is this uh, festival being held? Um I've mentioned it a few times. It's somewhere in London and it begins with W. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't give too much away. <laughs> no, I didn't give I didn't give the tickets away, did I? Uh, so what, what can we expect at this festival and um what what time will you be performing and which day? So I'll
2: be performing on Friday just after six o'clock. But there's like so many amazing artists will be performing.
0: So you're not on and, your own, yeah?
2: No, so there's so there's literally so many amazing artists performing. Like I am even excited to go see them. And there's gonna be like a cinema. There's gonna be workshops, calligraphy, henna. There's a lot going on over. I think it's over. here. Yeah?
0: Right. Yes, it is. I'm just getting the information up for this. So you're going to be performing on the Friday after 6 um, p.m. inshallah at uh, Waltham. Forest, London um, at uh, this very, very exciting event is the Islamic Art and Heritage Festival 2019. It also is a uh, opportunity for launch of uh, lots of different um, exhibitions from the launch of New Faces, New Places, Converts Islamic Faith Exhibition, Sightseeing Bus Tours, Spoken Word Documentaries, Panel Discussions, Workshops and Calligraphy. As um, Jamila mentioned, she is part of the performing panel um, featuring Alim Abdul Karim Poetic, um, um, Shifa K, Jamila L, Farah, Fatia, Hanifa, Healthy Hijab, Hair, Mohammed, uh, Somali Sideways, Dr. Steph, Ian, Tariq and Anarchy. Loads going on. Now it's in Walthamstow, London, that's host Street, E174PH. For further information to book activities, visit um, the Halal Tourism Britain, dot com slash festival and we are giving away two tickets for the friday 19th july to 21st of july for this event jamila is also performing there so you get to meet her on friday um the event is 6 p.m she's performing 6 p.m now the competition is where is it being held people where is this event being held you've got about a couple of minutes to enter hasna maybe you want to enter okay to grab these tickets (laughs) um thank you abdul malik uh, taylor for giving us two tickets for this event mashaAllah exciting stuff now has um Jimena, what else is in store for for you in uh, the coming next months
2: this month i'm literally just going to so many open mic and vocal my shows that i can even just to support others and you know just see what uh, atmosphere and vibes are like and try to like oh i'm also uh organizing another poetry event
0: fantastic and how can people get in touch with you
2: so my Instagram is Jamila
0: Speaks,
2: mm-hmm. so just feel free to like DM me and also the poetry page as well.
0: Fantastic. Jamila, it's been an absolute pleasure having you join us this morning and performing a very, very poignant piece on mental health. What was the title of the spoken word poetry piece?
2: It's not the gun.
0: It's Not the Gun. She performed that on the show this morning, which was very well received by Hasna, who was in the studio as well. Now, thank you so very much. And good luck, inshallah, for the event on Friday. Um, And I'm sure lots of people are really looking forward to listening to you live. Thank you so much. You're very, very welcome. That was the very awesome Jamila L., who will be performing at the Islamic Art and uh, Festival happening at Walthamstow um, in London. So, folks, um, we will announce the winner. I will contact them directly when we get the winner for the show, inshallah. I'm sure we've got quite a few people who will be entering after on WhatsApp. Now, thank you so very much, Hassan, for joining me this morning. Thank you so much for having me. It was a great experience. Thank you so very much for sharing your amazing, amazing experience of motherhood work and um, just being absolutely, utterly remarkable. Folks, we are heading off to the end of the show. The repeat is 8pm. Now, there is an event happening at the Well and Wise Room um, in the Library, the mother monologue do come down from 11 till 5. The workshops are happening. So, from me, assalamu alaikum and have a fantastic week. Allah is. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at Inspirefm Luton.